What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another collaboration between the Homefield Podcast and the 1046 and One Podcast. I am your host of the 1046 and One, Kevin Valentin. I'm the host of the Homefield Podcast. I go by the name of Kyle Dabra. Kev, what's popping, man? Crazy weekend, man. Crazy weekend. Crazy championship day, but at the end of the day, um, great football nonetheless. So, I mean, let's just dive right into it. You're wearing the jersey. He is the GOAT. He is the prolific guy that continues to defy time and physics. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have eliminated the number one seed Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field by the score of, what, 30 to 26 or 31 to 26? It was 31. It was 31 to 25. So, I, I mean, no, 26. Speaks- it, it was 26, 31, 26. Brady pulls off the upset. Brady did not have the best of games, but at the end of the day, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hold on and they advance to the Super Bowl, first team in NFL history to host and be the home team in their respective stadium in the Super Bowl. What you got for me, man? I know you predicted them to win. Just let it out. I mean, since you kind of brought it up, he's also the youngest quarterback to ever host a Super Bowl in the, in the home stadium for uh, for the Super Bowl. So I just wanted to throw that little quick factoid out there. But to get into the game, let's let's get into the actual brass tacks of the game. So, if we're just going to talk about Brady for a second, I thought Brady is literally his game you could split in two halves. I thought in the first half he was sensational. I thought his his passes across the board were phenomenal, whether it were to Mike Evans, whether it was to Cameron Bray, whether it was to Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's another, another story since he has more drops again, but – I won't really get into that, but I just thought overall Brady was fairly accurate. And then when he missed some of the throws, I thought they were, I thought they were just good passes to either just throw away and just avoid trouble. That way you wouldn't get any interceptions. And I thought the, the touchdowns that they got, the one to Mike Evans, that was a nice, that was a nice little, just a nice little touch pass to Mike Evans. I think he beat Kevin King on that touchdown to get, the scoring started for that game. Um, I the thought beginning the beginning of the demise for Kevin King. Oh yeah. He will get into him later. Um, I thought the, the Scotty Miller touchdown, that was probably, it's one of the biggest plays from the entire weekend, as far as I'm concerned, because if you look at where both teams were at going into the latter parts of the second quarter, it seems like, Green Bay was driving, going to drive down the field and at least get a field goal. They didn't have a lot of time on the clock, but maybe you could get a field goal, at least kind of tighten the game up. Because at that point, it was, if I remember right, it was 14 to 10 before Aaron Rodgers got picked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, you, if you're Green Bay, if you're going into halftime down possibly 14 13, it's not a bad look. But then after that interception, it, it stalls the momentum for Green Bay. Now, I thought that Tampa was just going to run out the clock and maybe just get a field goal. Then that way, okay, you go in the halftime up 17 to 10. But I was not expecting freaking Brady to throw one of the best passes I've seen him throw all season where he, Scotty Miller just torches Kevin King on a 40-yard bomb. It puts it it, put, it puts Tampa up twenty one to ten. I almost said New England again. Um, and and really at that point, I thought the momentum had just completely gone to Tampa in overdrive. You're going up twenty one to ten at halftime when realistically it's probably going to be either like fourteen ten or fourteen thirteen. It, huge momentum uh, boost for Tampa at that point, and then. Aaron Jones fumbles it on the first possession for the Packers going into the third quarter. Brady does a nice little play action pass, throws it to Cameron Bray. They're up 28 to 10 at that point. And it looks like it literally looked like a repeat of the week five matchup that Tampa and Green Bay had in Raymond James, Raymond James stadium. And then I don't know what happened to Brady. Maybe age finally hit him, but the next three possessions that the Bucks have, you can make a very valid case that all three of those possessions were of the fault of Brady. Brady had a terrible stretch 
for most of the third quarter and going into the fourth quarter. I mean, having having one interception or two interceptions in a playoff game is bad, but to have three interceptions on back to back to back drives, it just it killed all the momentum for Tampa and completely swung it in the direction of Green Bay. And Green Bay had a great opportunity to bounce back into the game, but Green Bay didn't take advantage of it. Brady was able to at least march them down the field to get a field goal to put them up by eight. And I mean, we could get a little bit more into the game. I'm just specifically talking about Brady. Bless you. And just looking at Brady though, Brady had a sensational first half, had a awful second half. So, I mean, if you look at it, it's a well-balanced day. You know, a little bit of bad, a little bit of good. So, you know, if I'm just going to grade him, I'd probably give him like a like a C plus, somewhere around there, just because I thought the first half he played exceptionally well. Second half, he, he played terrible. And that's how I kind of see it. If he had only maybe got picked off once or twice, probably would have gotten a B from me. But those three interceptions, especially on back-to-back drives, back-to-back-to-back drives, yeah, that's a C performance, even though that I thought he played really well in the first half. So, like, just talking overall, Tom Brady, I am, for those of you that are unaware, I'm a very, very, very big New England Patriots hater, which is kind of how Kyle and I's friendship started in college. But to watch the man continue to defy literally time and be as efficient and proficient at the quarterback position. I mean, what player in any sport do you know leaves a franchise that has been dominant for two decades to then jump over into another conference to a whole other team? Yes, on paper, the Buccaneers had a better team, but into a whole new system and lead them into the Super Bowl, other than LeBron James. You, you, it, it's, it's, we're watching, well, I mean, we're watching history, ladies and gentlemen, and we just have to understand how difficult it is to be, to continue to play at this level of efficiency. But like Kyle said, to get into the actual brass tacks of the game, Brady played ex- exceptionally well in the first half. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I'm going to nitpick the touchdowns because I have to, or should I say nitpick certain plays? The first play, the touch pass, the first touchdown to Mike Evans, once again, the beginning of the end for Kevin King. I, I'm going to have a moment where I roast him later. Um, if he's not cut by the end of the night, I'm surprised, and the Green Bay Packers are doing him a justice or a favor. He literally throws a floater duck ball and he's lit like tom's saying mike's gotta go get it mike waited way too long in my opinion but then kevin jumped way too early like they both had an opportunity that he could have had an opportunity to put a hand up deflect that knock it down even go get it because he had great positioning to be in front of him mike evans obviously just looked at him and kind of i know i know he chuckled when i saw him coming down and mike went up it was just almost it was comical (laughs) <laughs> and the the Scotty, like like Kyle said, the Scotty Mill touchdown, like you're literally in a position where you have seven seconds left on the clock. You're trying to keep them out of the end zone. I know a lot of people are saying, why don't you play prevent defense? Because if you give up the middle of the field, you give up way too much momentum. I understand you clog the middle of the field, but they had a timeout, right? They had a timeout left. I think they had one left. I think they had so one. So it was a – it's a field goal regardless. So yes, I agree with the prevent defense to a certain extent. Don't know why they played man coverage throughout the entire way. Cause he just burned right past Kevin King. It's like, I, and I mean, like, yeah. I don't know if Kevin underestimated him. I don't know if Kevin was like, yo, like he ain't going to go by me. I don't know if he just literally got caught in the backfield looking, but the point of the matter is he didn't get his head around and Mills blew right by him. So mm-hmm. You write it in there, I'm pulling him. Like, you've made back-to-back bonehead plays. I don't want you on the field. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. They just signed Tremont Williams from the Baltimore Ravens team to be active mm-hmm. in this game for corner depth. I, if anything, I'm putting old man Tremont Williams in the game because King can't guard anybody. Second half comes, and it's like Kyle said, other than the touchdown to Cameron Brate, which is a very, very beautiful play-action play. I mean, he bites down super, super hard on that run. Tampa loads up the uh, Tampa loads up the line. Looks like it's a hundred percent a run play. And Cameron Brady slips out, and it's a touchdown. Tom Brady's three interceptions. Dive right into that really quick. 
The first one, Tom Brady tries to look off the safety, kind of stares at Mike a little bit too long. Safety comes over, takes that ball away. I get, I I get what he was that, doing. I get he was do, I get what he was doing. Trust me, I do too, but I don't know if that's a little bit of his ego still there, saying I can still fit this ball, I can still get this ball to my, my star player. If that's the case, you, you got to lead him a little more to let Mike go up and get it because it was a little underthrown because the safety just cut the ball. Or throw a back shoulder. You could do that. But he's running inside to throw a back shoulder while Mike's in full stride. I mean, that's going to be a hard play to go and get. I mean, yeah. That, again, you know, I see where Brady was going, like you said. But at the same time, I understand that that probably shouldn't have been a thrown ball. You shouldn't have put that there. Second pick, mm-hmm. once again, uh, I believe he was going to Mike again. It was a tip pass. It was way, way, way too high. Mike is 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. You, and if Mike is jumping in the air to full extension and he can't get it, that's how you know it's too high. Because Mike Evans, we all know, has amazing athleticism, and he usually goes up and gets balls like that. So that's mm-hmm. another area to throw by Tom. The third one, uh, what is it? Uh, Green Bay it brings, the, a cor- Green, brings yeah. some pressure. Yep. Uh, what Was it a corner blitz? Uh, it was either a corner blitz or they brought the outside linebacker on a blitz and nobody picked him up. And and Brady legitimately panicked, threw it up in the air. He had a couple of those throws this year. I mean, I, I get it. He may have been trying to throw it away. He may have been just trying to make it just, you know, just get out of his hands. Hopefully someone goes and gets it. In playoff football, Tom Brady, of all people, should know you can't leave a duck in the air and expect it not to get taken away. Mm-hmm. Back to back to back possessions, as you said. Yeah. But what did Green Bay do? Green Bay did go in and score two touchdowns throughout the integrity of the second half, but the amount of points off of takeaways, I believe, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, as you stated earlier, six points. Yeah, so if I remember the stats correctly, uh, the Bucks they had two takeaways on defense that translated to 14 points off of turnovers, and then Green Bay had three turnovers, all of them on the Brady interceptions, but they were only to get – they only – got six points from those turnovers so I, I i can't understand in my mind how the mvp of the league in my opinion i would agree i would hope you would agree in your opinion he, he's aaron, the mvp this year aaron Rodgers is the mvp this year aaron Rodgers to go stagnant in the second half or should i say stagnant in takeaway opportunities like he knows yeah he's home this is this is his shot to go to the super bowl you can't ask for a better second half. Tom Brady played like ass. Like the Buccaneers as a whole offensively played like ass. Yeah, and you I got three picks, had a... three golden picks. I know. And you got yeah, it's six crazy. points. It's. Um, I, I mean, I, I could dive into Aaron Jones' fumbling, him, him not holding the ball. He fumbled in the first half. Thankfully, it bounced right into Robert Tunyon's hands to start the second half. I mean, I don't know how 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 are you holding the ball to the point where the the, the tip of the ball. Is sticking out of your arm. It's supposed to be tucked into your bicep. And it, it just, I, I mean, I forget the name of this man. He was making plays all day. He ended up leaving the game, the, the safety for the for the Bucks. Yeah, Whitehead. Uh, Whitehead White. was making plays all day, got his head right on the ball and, and pop, popped it right out perfectly. Great hit, great football play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense was probably, to me, the MVP of the entire game, sacking Aaron Rodgers five times, uh, making his life a living hell. He could not stay upright for the majority of this game. Uh, Green Bay's run game for the majority of it could not get it going. Again, Tampa's number one rush defense showed out very well. Uh, yeah. Shaquille Barrett and JPP had two sacks apiece. Mm-hmm. I, you, you can't say much better than that, man. Tampa's defense came to play. They've turned it on the last two, three games. And going into the Super Bowl, they are probably the second hottest team in football right behind Kansas City, kind of steamrolling, and we'll get into that later. But Tampa deserves to be there, and uh, Green Bay has got to really look back and say, uh, "What the, what, 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 what the hell happened here?" Because we were, they were in too many prime positions to either take the lead back or to win this game, and it just, it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I really want to focus on the Green Bay perspective of this game. I guarantee you, everybody on that team, whether it's the players or the coaching staff, I guarantee you, they are kicking themselves knowing how many opportunities they left out on the field, especially in the second half. I mean, like I said, it's one thing to get Brady once or twice with interceptions. They got him three times. And the and you only get six points off of those turnovers. 
I mean, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. Aaron Rodgers is pretty much recognizable. He's going to be the MVP this year. We pretty much all recognize and probably understand that. And they they just could not get any drives going except for the one – they had one touchdown drive off of one of the interceptions. But that game was definitely there for them, especially after, like, the third one. You're only down by one possession at that point. And you get the third interception, and Tampa's defense, you got to give T- Tampa's defense a lot of credit. They end up getting yeah. a three and out and completely stall. They stalled a drive out, get a three and out, they get the ball back. So it's like essentially nothing even really happened. All you did is kind of flip the field at that point. But looking at this game from, from Green Bay, just to dive into it a little bit more, um, their run game was – Largely ineffective pretty much all day. They, they got some decent carries from Jamal Williams a little bit. I thought Aaron Jones was largely a non-factor. If anything, he was probably more of a dud, more of a negative player for the uh, overall performance just because of the fumble issues. He wasn't really able to, to get – he really couldn't get going in the run game. They didn't really utilize him in any sort of screen plays or doing a check down play to him. So – he was largely he left the game effective. with a chest injury after the well, fumble, he, he, and well, he got he got cracked on that one. So he had to take chest some time. injury. You're probably yeah, but, whatever. You go 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 pop a squat next to me because you ain't playing. Yeah, anymore. I don't care. So, just the best way that I can sum up just Green Bay's day is just missed opportunities. They had so many chances to go out and win the game, and I remember we were we were texting each other back and forth about this game. And I remember after the third interception, I was telling you, it was like, dude, they should be winning right now. Like Brady's giving them golden opportunity to go get this game. And they're, they're, just, they're not taking full advantage of it. They're not capitalizing on it. And look, even with all that said, they get down to the eight yard line at the end of the game with about two and a half minutes left. And there was one play in particular where Rogers is stepping up into the pocket. It looks like he's about to rush forward. And then before he hits the line of scrimmage, he ends up throwing it. I forget who he was trying to target on that play Adams. And it ended up as an incompletion, but almost an interception. But I look back at that play and think had Rogers kept the ball and ran for it. I don't know if he would have gotten a touchdown. He would have gotten close, though. If anything, it shortens the down and distance for third down. And shortens it fourth because they went for the field goal. Right oh, that was, that, was, that, was on th- that was on third down? Yeah. It's four down okay. territory to me, no matter what. But at that point, going for it on fourth down from the two or three yard line is a lot better than going for it on the eight yard line. And look, I know a lot of people are going to criticize Matt LaFleur for go, going for the field goal uh, in that position. Listen, I'll tell you this. So there was, a, there was a time ago, this was maybe about four or five years ago, where the Patriots were going up against the, the Broncos. It's, an, a, it's a very similar situation where the Patriots were down by eight with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. In the same position, they end up going for it to try to get the, the lead cut from eight to at least six, if possibly eight. They end up not getting it, and they don't get any points out of it. However, the defense for New England was able to stop Denver on their next possession, and they got New England and Tom Brady the ball back. Brady leads them down the field. They get a touchdown with about 30 seconds left. They end up not converting on the two-point conversion, and then Denver ends up winning the game 20-18. to had New England gone for that field goal to and, and get the field goal, it would have been 20 to 15. They give their defense a chance to stop Peyton and Denver, and then they march down the field possibly to win the game. That's what I kind of think Matt LaFleur was thinking because let's be honest here for a second. I know Green Bay's defense was horrendous in the first half, but they balled out in the second half. They got three turnovers. Out for sure. They were a- able to get pressure. They really only held Tampa to three points. B- 
because by and large, that th- that touchdown that they gave up is because the offense spotted them on their own 10-yard line. Like, at that point, it's, it's like a walk-in touchdown for, for Tampa. You're going to get at least three points out of that drive, and then they were able to get seven. Other than that, Green Bay only gave up a field goal after that. So Green Bay's defense, I know people give them a lot of grief over the years, but they stepped up in the second half, and they gave Aaron Rodgers a bunch of chances to get back into this game and to, and potentially, you know, win the game or lead the game at certain points in the game just didn't happen. And listen, like I said, a lot of people can criticize Matt LaFleur for kicking the field goal because Brady and that Brady and the offense for Tampa ended up running out the clock, but I get what he was doing. And I think he won. I think he had faith in his defense to go get, go get a stop. They didn't. And you know, that, that one pass interference penalty really set them, you know, pretty much ended the game as far as I'm concerned. And then I remember, uh, I think Chris Godwin ran a uh, – he ran like a little sweep to get a first down. A little down to, sweep, to, yeah. To, yeah, to so, ice the game with about like 40 seconds left. So here's here's my biggest thing. I'm a fan of that team right there, right? You know how high and large to the day I die, right? I've watched Tom Brady smoke us in the fourth enough times in my lifetime to know. You don't give the GOAT two minutes and two seconds. I don't want to hear it. I don't give a shit if you have the best defense in the league. I don't care if you have one of the best defenses of all time. He's done it his whole career. You have Chris Godwin, Gronkowski, Brait, Evans, Jones, and Fournette. He has been torching defenses all postseason. And all you need is a first down. Not even a touchdown. You need a first down, and you think Brady's not going to get 10 yards. Are you smoke Like, what – I don't, yo, know, Green Bay, like Wisconsin must have some good shit that they smoke. If you think <laughs> you're not going for that touchdown on fourth down, I'm giving LaFleur all the smoke. Like, I want all the smoke with Matt LaFleur. Like, at, bro, you look like Peter LaFleur with them terrible ass play calling some, throughout <laughs> some of that game. Like, I, I don't want to hear it. You can call this a bodega moment. You could call this a corner store moment, whatever. We're going to trademark this for our podcast coming up, but. Dude, I'm looking at Matt LaFleur on the sideline, and I'm looking at him, and I'm just saying, I'm seeing that Joker meme, like where he's looking at himself in the movie, and he has like the tech fleece, and it's like clown, like this. That's that's how he looks. Like I just, <laughs> you cannot give Tom Brady the opportunity, man. You have Aaron Rodgers, and you have Devontae Adams, the best receiver in football, and eight yards to pay there. Even if you don't get it, you pin them within the five yard line. You have you want to have faith in your defense? Pin Tom Brady where he has no room to back up. Make him step up in the pocket. Fine. If he gets a completion, it is what it is. But I'm going to take Ronald Jones Jr. or Leonard Fournette trying to run it out of their own end zone over Tom Brady having the full length of the field to get 10 yards. And I'm I'm not hearing no parts of it. I don't want to hear I have faith in my defense. They played great all year or all half. Perfect. You don't give Tom Brady two minutes. You just don't. It's, I mean, it's a fair, it's a fair criticism, man. and I'm definitely – I'm definitely open to that. There, there's no doubt about that. But I'm going. I have to say this, just to be, just to be transparent or just to be fair here. I saw Rogers complaining about that call. Dude, he he needs to kind of look himself in the mirror after this game and think. Well, could I have done anything a little bit better, especially in the second half? He granted there were some drives that they had and they were able to get some points, but man. They left a lot of drives out there. They put our points on the board. And that's the thing. Like when you only when you get three turnovers at home, you get three turno- tur- turnovers at home. You possess the ball far much longer than Tampa did the entire day. And you you're only able to get six points off the turnovers, and yet you're only able to get twenty-five points at home when you possess the ball for almost two thirds of the game 26 but yeah like 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 give me give me the green bay offensive numbers like give me give me those numbers like what like what what what, what do we got here i mean look rogers was was fine he he was 33 of 48 he had 346 yards he had three touchdowns and one interception so he interceptions questionable at best yeah because because murphy bunny or uh 
Murphy Bunning Jr. or whatever his name is, um, he ended up grabbing Alan Lazard's shoulder. But you know what's crazy? I watched the replay. Alan Lazard didn't really complain to the refs after that interception, though. There, he well, wasn't he going – After he hit the ground, he hit the ground, and he looked at the refs, and he looked up, and he kind of, like, threw his arms out, and he was like, are you serious? And then nothing came about it. So, I mean, there wasn't much to do. But if you look at this – okay, time of possession, maybe I was a little – maybe I was over-exaggerating with that time of possession. So, Green Bay possessed the ball for 34 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, the Bucks had it for 25-23. And then when you look at this, penalties – all right, they had four for 30. Uh, the Bucks only had two penalties for eight yards. Obviously, you get the Bucks the advantage there. Um, I think a stat that we are missing, though, is especially in the first half, was the Bucks' third down efficiency. They were extremely, yeah, big time, extremely accurate, and they really were able to execute very well on third down, especially in the first half. Not as much Money in the down. second half, but overall, they went nine of fourteen on third downs, and I think they almost went. I think they went like six of seven. Um, in the, in the first, first half, half alone, so they big they time. really they really did they did themselves a, a big favor for themselves by getting those third down conversions, especially on the road. That is key to get those on the road. But then after that, when you look at the the actual stats between both teams, they're very similar. Rushing yards, they're basically the same, pretty much somewhere in between about seventy five to sixty five yards rushing. The passing yards, I think Brady had like two seventy five. Aaron Rodgers had like three fifteen. But overall, like the stats weren't really like some of the stats were fairly close. And I, I think by and large, both of these teams are pretty evenly matched. It's just I think really where Green Bay got in trouble, especially on the defensive side of the ball in the first half, was they gave up way too many third down conversions. Obviously, they gave up that that inexcusable touchdown to Scotty Miller at the end of the first half. It was like you said, I think Kevin King he's always going to be remembered for that, for that performance just because you got cooked on the one against Mike Evans in the first quarter. And then you give up probably one of the biggest momentum shifting plays of the entire playoffs right before halftime. Like that, that's just a bad look on Kevin King. He had a terrible day as far as I'm concerned, but. And he continued to get burned the whole game. But I mean, outside of that, Brady only got sacked one time. Aaron Rodgers got sacked five times. Um, they ran basically the same amount of plays, but I think where it really kind of stemmed to was the, the turnovers and the points off of turnovers. The Bucks had three turnovers, but Green Bay could only get six points out of them. Green Bay had two turnovers, but the Bucks had 14, turn, uh, 14 points off of those turnovers. That's a huge, huge stat, especially if you're thinking Green Bay is at home because if you're thinking Green Bay's at home, you get three turnovers. You think that you could probably get at least 10, 14 points off of those turnovers, and you're only able to get six. You're not going to – that's a really – that's an uphill battle. Especially, it's not happening. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even matter if you're at home, but it, you don't do yourself any favors. You, you, you're not – first of all, let's be blunt. You're not winning a playoff game in most time, in most situations. Tampa Bay – lucked out because Green Bay shot themselves in the foot. This is not a game yep. that Tampa should have won, period. Yep. Any Tampa fan says otherwise, you're ridiculous and you're delusional because your well, star quarterback, the GOAT, throws three picks and the league MVP shits to the bed. You... <laughs> How are you going to well, well, up, well, up, up until Well, up until the third quarter, I mean, the Bucs were running away with that game after that Cameron Bray touchdown. Yeah. I mean, they 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 had taken full control of that game, but they gave it right Absolutely. back to Green Bay. They but gave that, it right back on the goal fire. It, it, it's like we talked about earlier. Playoff football is won in the second half and mainly the fourth quarter. You allowed yep. Green Bay to crawl back into the game, maybe not off of turnovers, but they did score touchdowns in the second half to make that a one possession game. And then you had uh, St. Brown drop a two point conversion in the end zone. Right in the gut. Literally right, right in, the, in the chest. It was deflected because Devin White got a hand on oh, yeah, the, it. Was, Some, someone got a smidge of a fingertip and it had to adjust. Agreed. It hit two hands. Devontae Adams dropped a touchdown in the first half. Beautiful back shoulder ball. And Aaron Rodgers missed Lazard in the end zone right crossing over, over the, middle. the middle when he forced it to Devontae Adams and Devontae couldn't even get a foot down. So there were multiple instances where Green Bay had an opportunity and they just 
for whatever reason it didn't it didn't end up working and i'm i'm not gonna sit here and make excuses because i'm first of all not a packer fan i don't give a shit that they lost i care that tom brady won but i'm happy that we got good football um it was exciting all the way through the game literally went all the way to the end and it just goes to show that game should have been the next game because we're not we're not even we're we're not transitioning into the next one yet but when we do it's going to be like such like a i feel like not even a what's the word i'm looking for like a coasting like it's not going to plateau here it's just going to kind of like kind of take a little bit of time to <laughs> i get what you're saying because the other quarterbacks man it was a whole other planet but uh to get back on track, man, uh, Matt LaFleur needs to really evaluate what's going on over there because you went and, you you know, you made the statement and you said, you know, we're, we're, uh, we got faith in Aaron, but you went and drafted Jordan Love. You sparked the fire under Aaron Rodgers' ass to have an MVP year, and then you come up short once again. For people's reference, for people's knowledge, Aaron Rodgers is 1-4 in the NFC Championship game. That's insane. And Tom Brady is 10-4. and four. And, Kyle, what is – what are those interesting numbers that we were talking about moments before we started? What are Tom Brady's numbers in all champion in all conference championship games? What what do we have here? What are those? What's that key factor right there? Well, the key factor is wins. I mean, I, the, I mean, really, you know you where I was it, going with that? I set that up perfectly. I mean, look, it, in con, in conference championship play, I think Brady has somewhere of like 21 touchdowns to about 17 interceptions. And he, but he's they 10 win. and 4. I know, he's I know they four. win. I know. I just I can't understand. Anybody else bro is not winning those games. Come on, bro. It it it, it, it a lot it a large part has to do with okay, if you get the turnovers, it's what you do with them. Perfect example. Green Bay got the turnovers but didn't do anything with them. But you go back to some of the prior AFC championship games that Brady was in against, like the Ravens a couple years ago, had a couple turnovers, but the Ravens were able to get points off of them. Against Denver, they were able to get points off of them. That's the difference. And even like against the Chiefs a couple years ago, the Chiefs were able to get points off of them, but the Patriots played so well in the first half, they, they basically – the Chiefs basically spotted the, the Patriots 14 points and then had to kind of make it up. So I'm not saying that Brady should just go out there and, and just throw interceptions, but, you know, if you're up 14 points or up seven points and the other team, and then the other team intercepts it or you, they get a turnover and they get points off of it, you're still either up or tied with the the chance to go back down the field and score again to go back up. So it's really about timing to a certain extent. But it's also dependent on what does the other team do with those turnovers. Green Bay today didn't do anything with those turnovers except for the one touchdown that they got. Realistically, they should have probably gotten at least one touchdown that they got and maybe two field goals. At least two field goals. You got to get something from those yeah. from those points. So I mean, from from those interceptions, and they just didn't do that. But it, it's just crazy that despite all the chances that Green Bay had, Tom Brady somehow gets through this game, is going to his 10th Super Bowl in his 21-year career, and it's just ironic that the first team that ends up being the host team for the Super Bowl is a team led by Tom Brady at the quarterback position. It's just... I don't know what else you could really say. It's like, look, he is – he did not have the best game today. He did enough to get them to the Super Bowl as far as I'm concerned. And, look, they're just a year removed off of Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions. And 30 – and the last interception that he had was a pick six in overtime. I think it was against the Falcons to finish their season at seven and nine. And now a year later, they're in the Super Bowl after going on the road for all three games, winning all of them. And now they have an opportunity to play at home to win the Super Bowl. It's just, it's, it's mind boggling to me. And I'm, I know we've definitely given 
Brady his praises. I know you've done it begrudgingly, but it burns, it's just actually. it's just, it's just it's incredible that the, wherever this guy goes, it's he's back in it again. I just I just don't know what else to say. I, I'll let you have the floor. I mean, let's just let's just let's just be frank. I don't fucking enjoy this. I but it, it just it, it, I have. To. <laughs> But I have to be honest. It's it's history, man. It's the same thing. I didn't like LeBron James. I'm not saying I don't like him, but you have to respect what you're witnessing, man. Like we're gonna be able to tell our kids we saw the greatest quarterback and basketball player, arguably of all time. I understand your stance on the LeBron thing, but it's the point. Two of the greatest athletes in history are playing in our generation right now, and it's in, it's incredible. If you really think about it, because his first year, Tom didn't really play. Half of Tom's career have ended in a Super Bowl appearance. It's crazy. Absolutely fucking wild to me. In the sport of football with how – actually, technically less because he missed a season because of his ACL. So yeah. more than half of his seasons played, this man's gone to a Super Bowl. It's crazy. It's, now, but stat it's, fact for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tom Brady is one of four quarterbacks to have appeared – for, uh, to have appeared in a Super Bowl for multiple franchises. Mm-hmm. Yep. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Oh, no, hold on. I had it right here. Tom Brady, Craig Morton, and yeah, Kurt Warner. Yeah. That is that is elite company right there. And Tom's going to be arguably the first one to win or, or to, to, uh, to play for two opposite conferences. Like Tom did it in the AFC and Tom did it in the NFC. Because the Rams and the Cardinals for Kurt Warner were both the, the NFC, uh, Colts and Broncos both the same, was, and then the and NFC. then Craig Craig Morton. Oh no, Craig Morton did it. Craig was on the Cowboys, and then he did it. He was on the uh, the Colts, or no, Cowboys, and then. I, I don't know. I don't know too much about Craig Morton, so pardon my ignorance there. Oh, Denver, Denver. Uh, yeah, he did it in both too. Never mind. He was the second one. Okay. He lost both, arguably. Yeah, but, but I don't even know who Craig Morton is. Sorry, sorry to, to anybody. Sorry to any uh, Craig Morton fans out there. I I don't know who he really is. He's before my time. Before both of our times. What are you talking about? Yeah, just saying. But but I mean, it's it's really hard to 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 to, to continue to argue. I'm out here stuttering like Tom Brady, some cute girl that I find attractive because it's just like <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't continue to hate on greatness. Like he's doing it. I, I don't support how he went about it in New England in terms of Spygate, Deflategate, whatever you want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Whatever method methodology. I don't like his attitude off the field when he loses. I don't like how he's always viewed on the sideline yelling and throwing tantrums. But when Odell Beckham's doing it, he's a bad teammate. We've talked about it before. The, the media kind of twists a lot of narratives when it comes to Tom Brady, but. Um, he's still winning, and it's this next matchup is going to be a doozy for him. It may be the most, com- it may be the hardest Super Bowl he's ever had to face, in my opinion. I think. Well, it depends. I think the weight of the perfect season against the Giants was probably bigger, even though they were like a fourteen-point favorite going into that game. It's just the magnitude and the weight of finishing off the season nineteen and zero. That's a hu- that's a huge pressure game. This one, I think, is going to be a far more difficult game just because you're going up against arguably probably the the greatest youngest quarterback we've ever seen in the league so far. I mean, he's off to, like Patrick Mahomes is just an absolute monster. As far as I'm concerned, he's at the best start at a quarter at, at the quarterback position in NFL history. There's nobody who's had a better start than than he has had in the NFL at the quarterback spot. But let me let me throw this like quick little perspective to you. Do you remember a few years ago when Max Kellerman went on first take, basically like on his first day and said that Brady was going to fall off a cliff? Oh my God. We're on in Cincinnati. That, 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 that game, that, no, that take. No, 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 no. That, that was a different one. That was a different one. This was later. This was later. That, that, uh, that on to Cincinnati was in 2014. The uh, Max Kellerman take was in 2016. What embarrassing loss did you take after that? 
there was like, um, he he said it like he said that after he, another game like that no, he, like that loss to Kansas City. I think he I think he said that I think he said that during the off season said that he was going to be a bum in short order. I'd have to look up the dates of the actual episode, but I believe it was in the off season. But I mean, I, I remember him saying it. I just I guess I got the timeline wrong. But but since then, he went to he won the Super Bowl against Atlanta. The year after he said that take, the year after. Goes to the Super Bowl again. They they lose to the Eagles. It's a Philly. Yeah. The year after that, the Bay. they go to they go to the Super Bowl again. They play against the Rams and they win it. Rams. Oh god, the Super Bowl is so boring. So it, the year after, they end up losing in the wild card round to the Titans. And then in the fifth year, goes to a completely new team and a completely new conference with a brand new system, new coach, new players, new everything. It goes to Super Bowl. In five years, in five years since Max Kellerman made that take about Tom Brady falling off a cliff, he he's has literally had a Hall of Fame times. career. He's been he's been to the he's literally had a Hall of Fame career in five years. I'm not even talking about like where you split like his years in half, where you split like one half of his career to the second half, and they're both Hall of Fame careers. In the last five years, he's had a Hall of Fame career. He's gone to four Super Bowls in five years. I mean, who like th- there's nobody, there's nobody that I could even think of who's had like that type of success so quickly. I mean, I know John Montana. Troy Aikman did it. Troy Aikman did three and four. Yeah, but Brady's been to what four Super Bowls in five yeah. years. I mean, and it, it, Aikman did three and four. It's just, it's great, but it's crazy. I mean, Brady it already is. did that at the beginning of his career. With the three and four, with the with three Super Bowls in his first four years that he was the actual starter. Yeah, So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know Buffalo went on that one run where they went to four straight Super Bowls and four lost straight and caught four straight L's, yeah. Yeah, like, but I just, I can't believe that he's still playing this while at 43 years old. Like, it's just, it's stunning. Like Brett Favre at this point, like he he was already retired. Peyton Manning didn't even get close. I don't even think he, he wasn't even forty when he retired, right? Uh, I don't know if he was thirty nine when they won the Super Bowl or just turned forty. I can't remember. I, I, I mean, Philip Rivers just retired. Big Ben looks like he's about a year, if not at this point, he looks like he's at the end. And like he's outlived quarterbacks that got drafted. 10 years Drew Brees after. is out too. Yeah, it's just like at 43. Father time, this guy bro, he's is got still the fountain going. in his basement. Giselle knows I the just, formula to keep him up. I, 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 I got to give it up to the guy. That guy's his willingness to just compete and go out and just win. He just finds a way to get it done. It, today it wasn't the best, it, it wasn't his best performance, but he did enough to get them to the Super Bowl. Made a team like Tampa, who has the worst record in professional sports throughout the professional sports history. They have the worst record. First year shows up. They're in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it it's just amazing. Yes. I, 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 I just I know I sound like I'm going a little bit over the top here. I'm a little hyperbolic. But it's not it's just, though. That's the problem. Ne- we need to normalize this. We're never gonna you're, see this again. Ne- you're never going to see like it like this. You're never going to see something like this ever again. Never. I, I don't even think Mahomes. I don't think Mahomes can even get close to go, ten Super Bowls. Ten. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Let's take, let's, take, let's take a small seat here and act. Let's not <laughs> act like this. This man was an offsides penalty away from going to three straight. All right. I I get it. I get it. That you you got to look at uh, who was the guy that jumped offsides? Was it Christian Justin? I, I forget. No, it was a different guy. He's a different guy. It doesn't matter. No, it was Justin Houston, fifty-five. No, I think I was. I thought it was like. I thought it was. It wasn't Frank Clark. It was somebody else. I I I didn't have to look up the game. I know the guy's name. It was. I'm almost positive it was Justin Mm -hmm. Houston. I don't think it was Justin Houston. Frank Clark was there. Frank Clark's fifty-five. Justin Houston was fifty. It was one of those. It it, it wasn't Tom. It it was Tom Bailey. D Ford. D Ford, D Ford, D Ford, good D Ford. Ford, San Francisco, right, 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 right. D Ford, 
55 or no, but, 50 something, 53 but, or whatever. Anyway. But do 10 Super Bowls? 10? All right. And he's hey, since we since we talk about 10 Super Bowls, this 10th matchup, his opponent, he had a game mm-hmm. today too. Yes, he did. Let's, guess- let's talk about that that absolute whatever that was of a game. Yeah, you, yeah Patrick the- Mahomes. Whatever. <laughs> dude, same, bro. dude, look, I'll tell you this straight up. Man, the Chiefs got a track star of a team, especially at that wide receiver core. I mean, Tyreek Hill is just insane. That dude, the it, I mean, literally, like that guy could literally compete for like a 100 meter dash and actually do pretty well. He runs I mean, like a four two five forty. For those that aren't aware, that's like he runs forty yards the, the, in four point five the, seconds. The little bit of space and a little bit of separation that he can get, and his acceleration is just nuts. If that exactly. guy finds a gap, he's gone. Exactly. I mean, it's funny. Like, it's funny when you have somebody like running. Like, it could be like McCall Hardman, or it could be Sammy Watkins, or whatever. And you see literally Tyree Kill running down the sideline to go catch them, like. Dude, and that's just Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey was balling out today. He had two touchdowns. Obviously, Tyreek Hill had an amazing game today. Mahomes is just Mahomes. I mean, literally, just dude, just cooking up in that pot. Like he's. What was what did the final score end up being? The final score. Yeah, the final score was thirty to twenty-four. Thirty or thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. It was thirty-eight twenty-four. So they won by two touchdowns. So. So. Let me let's just dive right into it. it the, the, the the Bills came out straight nine zero run, and yep. then Patrick Mahomes does his usual postseason antics of, I'm gonna give you a little lead. I'm gonna let y'all think you got it, and then I'm gonna show y'all that I got it. And he went on a twenty one zero run on his own. It just from that point on, the dynamics of the game changed. The Kansas City Chiefs ran away with it, as you heard the final score being thirty eight in garbage time. It was seventeen. The Bills ended up scoring late in the fourth and recovered a nine-side kick. So uh, they did end up making up a little bit of the points, but it could have been a lot worse. Pat Mahomes was lights out, man. Give me those numbers, man. What, what, what do we have today? What were, those, what were those stats for Patty and the boys? Well, Mahomes went 29 to 38. He had 325 yards, had three touchdowns. Um, the running game was actually kind of funny because um, McCole Hardman on one carry had 50 yards. And he was actually the leading rusher at a certain point until Daryl Williams got a touchdown late in the uh, second half. But it was crazy. For the most part of the game, McCall Hardman was the leading rusher after he got a 50-yard rush. Um, just looking at the receiving aspect of it, I mean, Tyreek Hill was an absolute monster. He had nine for a buck 72. Travis Kelsey, you could even make a case that he was better. 13 catches, buck 18, two touchdowns, and then – Byron Pringle had three catches for 22, but really it was Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill running the show. Um, offensively, ways. offensively for the Chiefs, almost had about 450 yards total offense, 325 th- through the air, 114 on the ground, and I mean they had 29. They almost had 30 first downs today. They were three. They were six to ten on third down efficiency, and they only had three penalties for like 32 yards. So. And, it, and I think Patrick Mahomes only got sacked one time. So, so I'm going to just ask you straight up. Mm-hmm. What did you see from Buffalo today? Like, what what, what, or what did you not see? Because Stephon Diggs was basically a non-factor up until the fourth quarter. The lights finally got too bright for Josh Allen. That's what I saw. There were a lot of times that he was, he was really thrown off by what um, Casey was throwing at him defensively. Casey really went after him at certain points. They really kind of loaded the box. And they, if they didn't bring pressure, they they at least showed it at the line of scrimmage before the play. Um, they really got after Josh Allen because there were a bunch of times where Josh Allen literally had to run out of the pocket for five to six seconds just trying to evade pass rushers for most of the day. And granted, I know they had a good start. They were up 9 nothing, And then freaking Mahomes just – lit it up in the, in the second quarter yeah so i i really think of like that point when when the chiefs went on that run i think it really threw the bills in for a loop there was actually 
there was a point in time before the end of the first half where they were down 21 to nine. And the way that I was thinking the, the game was going, the Bills were inside the 10 yard line. And I thought that they were going to go for it on fourth down to possibly get a touchdown. So in, instead of being down 21 12 at halftime, you could potentially be up, you could potentially only be down 21 16. 21-17 going into halftime. They end up settling for a field goal, 21-12, and then right after halftime, Casey gets a field goal, now it's 24-12. So it's it's tricky, but the Bills had ample opportunities to score touchdowns. They had, I, I believe they had three or four trips in, into the red zone today, and only one of them resulted in it and a touchdown. The other two or three ended up in field goals. So kind of very similar to the, the Packers. The Packers had red zone opportunities. They just couldn't capitalize on them. Same thing with the Bills here. The Bills had ample opportunities to get touchdowns, but give credit to Kansas City's defense. They showed up and they 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 bent certainly. They certainly bent in this game, but they did not break. And Really, I thought the pass rush really got to Josh Allen today. Um, he, he threw one interception, but I'm not really going to put that on, on Allen. I thought it was a good pass. To receiver, um, I forget who it was. It could have been McKenzie. Hit him right in his hands, went right through his hands, and then it just ended up in the uh, the corner's hands for, for, the, for Kansas City. And then they took it back like 20 yards after that. So um, and that interception, I thought, really ended the game for Buffalo just because – at that point, it was already, it was already a two possession game against Buffalo at that point, and then I believe uh, Kansas City scored a touchdown after that. So, I mean, it's Kansas City, you know, Buffalo. Buffalo gave them a good run, but I mean, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's a pretty tough ask going oh, up 100%. against it's, that. It's, going it's, up against no that joke. There's only been one guy that's gone in there on an AFC championship guy, AFC championship and beat him and barely did it. And that was Brady. So, yeah, it's, I, so, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be too harsh on Buffalo. You lost to arguably the best team in the, in that, in the national football league. Like, and exactly. You were, you made it, you made it a, made it a game odd, at certain points. Yeah. The odds were against you. You weren't playing a random team. You weren't playing Baltimore or the Colts. No disrespect to either franchise. You were playing probably the best quarterback in the game behind Patrick, behind Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about overall, Pat Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in this league. Yeah. And you had to play him in Arrowhead. The guy was motivated. Everybody was yeah. saying there were people picking Buffalo. The spread was only three points. Pat Mahomes probably felt disrespected. And the game didn't come off to a good start for Kansas City. It just it just did not. And then he went down a certain amount of points early on. Like I said, nine points. And he just said, fuck this. I ain't going out like this. And then he just took off. Yeah. And like you said, credit to Kansas City's defense. Because in the second half, they dialed up a lot more blitz packages. You had corners coming off the edge. You had Tyron Matthew coming off the edge. It just... Kansas City stepped it up and made Josh Allen feel that pressure, feel that rush. And then when Chris mm-hmm. Jones did it, did end up beating his double, Frank Clark beat his double, or Frank Clark beat his matchup, it just – Kansas City just got to the quarterback, and that's the difference of the game. That's really where, aside from the difference in quarterback capabilities and, you know, like overall team, the difference was at the line of scrimmage. Pat Mahomes didn't really have too much pressure on him throughout the game. Josh Allen was constantly running away from something rushed out of the pocket, having to make every throws, overthrows, um, trying to make plays happen with his feet. And mm. the, the the better team won. There really isn't much to talk about here. That's why the Tampa game took so much of our time because there was a lot more detail behind that. There was a lot more of a, of a game, so to speak. The game kind of went away, like you said, once Kansas City scored that 21st point and they had to play from behind it. And it seemed like Buffalo's spirits were kind of shattered after that uh, – that, that, uh, yeah, this. Why am I going blank? What right after the twenty-first point, but not after that. Uh, right when they couldn't get the touchdown before the half. Yeah, 
yeah, they had a chance to at least but they got get it to a goal. one possession game, but they got but they got a field goal. So it was still a nine yeah. point lead for for Kansas City going into halftime. But I mean, look, and we've kind of talked about this before with Buffalo. Buffalo is very one dimensional because they basically have no run game. And just looking at the stats here, Josh Allen was the leading rusher today. No, he had seven carries for eighty eight yards. There are other running backs between, by the way. There are other running backs between Devin Singletary and TJ Yeldon. Both of them combined had nine carries for thirty two yards. They don't run the ball. And and we said that was caught, the X factor for the fine, game. They it finally caught up to him. They're too one dimensional because they rely on Josh Allen too much. He threw the ball forty eight times today. Forty eight times. We, excuse yeah. me. We said if you throw it 40 to 50 times, you're not going to win this game. Yeah. Going up against Mahomes, it's just not no. going to happen. In a throw, in a throw love, off, you're stupid. No. It, now, if Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley get open, if they're actually find a, if they're able to exploit some matchups, then, okay, maybe you have a shot. But Kansas City's defense was able to pretty much lock up Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs for the most part today. Yeah. So, Big time. I thought, I thought Kansas City's defense played – Pretty well against a very hot offense in, in Buffalo, but yep. look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize Buffalo too much. I thought they had a no, fantastic year, and they they look like kind of like the force to be reckoned with in the AFC East right now. At least for the foreseeable future, they have the quarterback, they have an outstanding offense. All they got to do is really work on the run game a little bit, and their defense is pretty solid. I mean, look, you give up 38 points, to Patrick Mahomes, like it's okay. Obviously, it's not the exactly. result that you wanted, but it's like – It's Patrick Mahomes. It's not like, like you gave it up to freaking Sam Darnold or, you no, know, saying you, like, you know, like Mason Rudolph or some scrub. I guarantee you they tried. I guarantee you they probably mixed it up for Mahomes, but Mahomes is just too good, man. And sometimes – Absolutely. Sometimes you just get beat. It just happens. Like, it doesn't matter what you throw at the guy. I mean, Mahomes had a great game today. Made three this touchdowns. Is, is it, this – this is encouraging for the future because they got to the AFC championship with little to no experience on that side of the football. Um, it goes to show that this could be a potential AFC matchup throughout the entire integrity of the next decade or so, because Buffalo is expected yeah. to offer Josh Allen a very big extension this off season. But in terms of uh, prospect, this looked very well for the AFC. We have a lot of young quarterbacks, like we discussed a few weeks ago and Josh Allen showed like, if he continues to get better, he will continue to face Patrick Mahomes and what seems to be a future showdown for years to come. Yeah, I think, I think just kind of looking at the AFC overall, the AFC is going to be the AFC is stacked with young talent at the quarterback position, just across the board. I mean, you got Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, and then you got Justin Tua Herbert, Tonga, Loa, Loa, jo- jo- Joey Burrow, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all over the place. Baker the, Mayfield. The, the, the talent across the board at the quarterback position for young quarterbacks in the AFC is just off the charts. So, um, I, but like you said, I think the Bills are in great position for the future. I think obviously that they could take this as a learning experience. Obviously, it sucks because you were one game away from the Super Bowl, but. I think if they're able to develop a competent run game, I think they'll be fine. It's a whole different team. It's a whole different team. You got to play action. You have uh, time of possession. You give your defense more of a time to rest. Your offensive line is more in tune to the game because they're run blocking. They're not just sitting back and pass blocking for you. Exactly. You know, it, it, it changes the entire dynamic of an offense when you have a good run game. And I think that once Buffalo figures that out, they need to have a balanced offense. It'll change. It'll change Josh Allen's career for the better. And he'll start to realize, like, I don't have to do this 50 times. Like, Andrew Luck did a lot of times early in his yeah. career. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think before we wrap this up, I just want to kind of just throw out a, a quick question here. So we've got the Super Bowl matchup set between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks. What are just your – I'm not even asking anything about, like, a prediction or anything like that yet – but just what is your first impression about this game on paper two weeks from now? History. One word. You have the greatest to ever do it versus probably the most electrifying up-and-coming player we've ever had. Can, can Brady get seven? Can Mahomes be the first to repeat since Brady? 
I mean, I, the, 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 I, we were excited about the headlines of Rodgers and Brady, but I think that this headline surpasses that by tenfold. So this, excitement and history are the words that I think of. This this game, it, it's really weird because I thought I thought a couple of years ago it was almost like the passing of the torch when Patrick Mahomes got the super got the Super Bowl last year um, when they beat the San Francisco 49ers. It did kind of look like Brady was kind of like on his way out, and then Brady just has a resurgent year with the Bucks and, and gets him into the Super Bowl. This is really, I think, a matchup of just the old guard with the new guard coming in. You got you got the new wave of up and coming quarterbacks, and Patrick Mahomes is literally the guy leading the charge at this point. Because I, as far as I'm concerned, Patrick Mahomes has had the greatest start to any other to any quarterback that's ever played in the National Football League. There's nobody statistically and potentially championships as well, he could potentially win two Super Bowls within the first three years of being a starter. The only other pe- people that I could really think of, really the only player I could think of something like that was Brady. But Brady was yeah. nowhere near, nowhere near the level of what Patrick Mahomes is right now. Patrick Mahomes is clearly the, the I, I don't want to say the most, ta- you can make a case that Rodgers is still more talented, but I just think, the explosiveness that he brings, especially for Kansas City, is unlike anything that I've ever seen. And you're going up against a guy who has been a prototypical pocket passer his entire career and yet continues to defy father time and finds himself in another opportunity to win a Super Bowl going up against a guy that could be – that is basically going to be the face of the NFL once Brady leaves. It's just, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, obviously, we'll probably dive into it more than more than once over these next couple days for this week, and then going into next week as well. So, but just looking at this game on paper, I think it's going to be just a, a monumental game as far as, like you said, the, the historical ramifications for this game. I think are just off the charts here. You got Patrick Mahomes, like you said, going possibly getting back-to-back Super Bowls. First team to do that since the 2003-2004 Patriots. And then you got Brady on the other side, potentially going for his seventh. Seventh Super Bowl in 10 tries. And getting to the Super Bowl on the first year, he's with a new team in a new conference. It's just... It, this is going to be, I think, an absolutely amazing game to watch. The only, the only downside to this game is that Tampa's the host city, and they're not even going to have to have. They, they don't even have, like, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like what the Super Bowl should be, just because not everybody's going to be there compared to years past. It's just that's the that's the only downside. It's just it's not it's not what the Super Bowl normally Should is it's a, yeah. it's a it's a it's a little bit it's a little bit less just because you don't have you don't have the entire stadium just packed with fans and you don't have the whole lead up to the super bowl um this year like you do typically in years past just because of covid this year so that's the only downside to it but as far as the matchup between both teams is it's going to be an amazing game as far as i'm concerned i can't wait can't wait to run our predictions, run our, our statistical analysis behind it all. We got we got plenty of content for you guys coming up, but this this game just like how I said on paper, it's it's for, for, for football enthusiasts, for for sport analysis people, this is this is this is like Thanksgiving right now. This is the, this this kind of game could be one for the history books. At least I hope so. Man if we get a shootout, I could I'd be happy as a pig rolling around in fresh shit, bro. I, I'd be I, so excited. I, I don't even like look for me. Like obviously, I mean, look, I'm still a diehard Brady fan. Just give me a good game. Just have me. Just give me a good game to where we'll be talking about this for years to come. Yep. Brady wins. Great. If Mahomes wins, so be it. I'm fine with that. Mahomes is one of the best players I've ever seen play the quarterback position. I Mahomes win that. 
He totally deserves it. Totally. Other than that, I mean, anything left? Any final words? Any uh, <laughs> any anything that, you want to share with the audience? <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. it. Was it was a great day for football, as far as I'm concerned. I I I, I thought both games were entertaining. I thought the uh, the Green Bay Tampa game was a little bit more entertaining, but all in all, I thought it was uh, a pretty solid day for football, as, the way that I see it. Yeah, well, couldn't agree more. Kevin King, hopefully you have a job come next week. I don't think you will, but we'll figure it out. Other than that, guys, we appreciate you for <laughs> we appreciate you for all the love and the support that you guys have shown us over the last couple of weeks since we uh, have been collabing so frequently. As we had stated last week, the uh, the new podcast is still uh, in the works, and we cannot wait to get more content out for you guys. So. Uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week or a great start to your week, should I say. And uh, let's go, Chiefs. I got the Bucks. Go, Brady. Yeah, we, 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 we're, we're, we're well aware. Yeah, no. All right, you guys. Take it easy, and we'll see you guys later. Bye, guys. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Cast. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electric Cast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electric Cast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So keep listening to Electric Cast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electric Cast.